Cascade Hoop Talk. Billy D, join us on Twitter, Cascade Hoop Talk. Join us on Facebook, Cascade Hoop Talk. Today we have Steve Draben, head coach of the Bethel Pilots of the Crossroads League. Coach Draben is a graduate of LaPorte High School. He went on to Belmont University where he was a heck of a player. He's now in the Belmont Athletic Hall of Fame as of 2016. He was a second-team all-conference his senior year. After he graduated, he began coaching. He coached several different teams, including over at Carmel High School. He was an assistant coach over there, an assistant at Stetson University, Lipskin University, and he was recently hired over at Bethel. Many people have been surprised by the turnaround that Coach Draben has brought and how quickly they've already defeated two top 25 teams, both on the road. We wanted to talk to Coach Draben to talk about his fast start, his coaching philosophy, his background, as well as take a look at his team and what it's going to take to compete in that tough crossroads conference. We'll begin in 30 seconds. Cascade Hoopstock, Billy D. With us today, Bethel Pilot head coach Steve Draben in his first year. Welcome, Steve. Glad to have you. Hey, it's great to be here, Bill. Thank you. So, Coach, you were selected sixth in conference. You weren't nationally ranked. A bit of an unknown, uh, 11 new players on the roster. And you start the season beating two good top 25 teams on the road. And you began the season 5-0. and Have you been surprised? I don't know if surprise is the right word. I, going into the year, you know, being at Lipscomb the last six years, I, I really didn't know. It was There was a lot of unknown just from our team, um, other teams. You know how we compare to other teams you know non-conference and in our conference really I've I've been leaning a lot on Alex Daniel one of our assistants who's been here six years this is year number seven for him you know, he coached with Mike Lightfoot and Ryan Lightfoot you know the last six years four with Mike and two with Ryan and so really just kind of focusing on our team and, and growing and getting better and uh, improving and doing a lot of similar stuff that we did at Lipscomb but putting kind of my stamp on it and uh, just trying to be the best we can be every day, really not worrying too much about our opponents and, and what they're doing. But I've been pleased with our guys. Our biggest priority this, this fall preseason has been um, just getting to know each other, connecting, learning who each other are. You know, when, when, when you get that figured out, it's easier to play and to get to know each other and to, to be connected. I thought our guys played really hard um, those first four games. I was really pleased with the effort, plenty of things we could work on, but they competed well. I was not pleased with our last game, however. I told our guys, you know, even though we won on the scoreboard, I don't think we won the game. I think we got outplayed, kind of like Kentucky got outplayed last night by Evansville. Uh-huh. So it's it's a, it's been a learning curve. Again, I don't know how surprised I've been, but just just trying to get better each day and um, trying to grow in the process, and, and and still really don't know how good we could be. I know we got picked sixth in the league. Um, I think a big part of that, you know, the fact that we weren't picked lower than that. I think was a guy by the name of Trevion Cruz. I think our, our league coaches have so much respect for him as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we weren't picked lower even. So I think a lot of that was on was on him, in my opinion. It's always nice to start right out of the gate. You've definitely done that. Uh, the bad news is you're not going to surprise anybody, that's for sure. So, sure. Coach, you've been involved with basketball pretty much your entire life. You have a, a great background. As I told you before, I think you're an overnight sensation that it took 15 years of experience and preparation before you took that first head coaching job at, in college. So you're you're at Bethel now. Talk about that coaching journey, you know, you from playing to beginning to assist and you went through high school. Uh, could you just talk about that? Sure. 
first off, that overnight sensation kind of makes me uneasy. I don't know. I told our guys, I don't. We haven't done anything yet. I know we've beat a couple <laughs> of good teams, and no, no offense to the teams we played. We've played and, and beaten some good teams who are going to have really good years, have really good coaches. But you know, it's still early, and there's still a lot of season to go. And you know, I don't want our guys focused on the results and the, the outcomes. I want them focused on you know, just getting better every day and the improvement part of it. And just kind of my past. You know, it's kind of you know, kind of that mindset, that growth mindset. I have a lot of that attributed to, you know, my father's probably the biggest, single biggest influence as a basketball coach. Not only watching him coach, he coached for over 30 years, but watching him play. Um, I learned the game watching him play in uh, adult league basketball. He played on a team that called themselves the Farmers because um, half the team is made up of farmers in LaPorte County, uh, where I'm <laughs> from. And so they just, older guys that just knew how to play, played ball together, got the most out of their ability. It would be, you know, teams half their age. It was fun to watch. And so just analyzing the game with my dad, coming home from practices, from games, th- those experiences kind of shaped me as a coach. And I've had plenty of mentors along the way. You know, Coach Rick Bird, who I played for at Belmont, is a huge um, proponent I still talk to quite often. Casey Alexander, I coached the last eight years. Two at Stetson, uh, six at Lipscomb has been a huge help for me in my in my process. And then plenty of other coaches along the way. Scott Hetty, I coached with him at Carmel. Mark Galloway. And there's plenty of others to mention who have kind of shaped me as a coach. You know, I've taken a lot of things from a lot of those kind of guys, but and they kind of shaped my philosophy along the way. So, again, just young head coach, still, you know, five games into it. Um, i still got a ton to learn. And um, I've been pleased to have a really good staff here, Mark Polsgrove. Alex Daniel and Will Abbott have, have really helped me tremendously just getting my feet wet here at Bethel, just from learning the NAI, learning our league, recruiting, um, all those ins and outs. So it's been it's been a fun process, and I'm excited to keep it going. You've coached to several places. Your, your last stop was at Lipscomb. Can you talk about that experience? You were there quite a while. You were there six years. At Lipscomb University, it all kind of starts with uh, Philip Hutchison. He, uh, he's the second all-time leading scorer in college basketball history at any level. He played for the the great coach, Don Meyer, um, back in the day at Lipscomb. And actually his college roommate his senior year was John Pierce, who broke that record. So Lipscomb has the top two scorers in college basketball history at any level. So it's kind of neat. So Philip Hutchinson was our AD. We call him Hutch. Um, he just developed an environment of togetherness amongst the athletic staff and coaches and helped us grow as coaches and, more importantly, uh, men of faith and hoping to, uh, you know, grow our men and, you know, coaching with Casey Alexander, Roger Eastrom, Sean Rotiliano, Dwight Evans, um, that staff, Adam Nottaboom, great to work with and helped me grow as a coach and felt we were pretty connected. And we went from having a team our first couple of years, no offense to those guys, but didn't have the most connected group, didn't stop by the office a ton. And then our last, you know, three or four years, we just had a, such a better bond with our guys. You know, they were mo- most, mostly guys we recruited and, guys that kind of fit our style, fit our culture, you know, kind of my philosophy is it's important to build that culture, that togetherness, that unity. Um, that's what helps helps teams grow and get better and get the most out of their ability. And I felt we did that, and that's definitely one, one big thing I learned. And just all the ins and outs of how to run a program, you know, from Coach Alexander, he was phenomenal at just decision-making. And, you know, we don't always make the right decisions, but, you know, taking all the information in and, and trying to make the best decisions possible and, doing it in a way that would, you know, honor and glorify God up in heaven. So that was kind of a you know, great experience there at Lipscomb, one that I, I learned a lot from. Uh, so, Coach, when, when you were you, – you played basketball at Belmont down in uh, Tennessee. 
I don't know if everybody knows this. You led the NC2A in uh, free throw percentage. What was it, your junior year? Uh, yes, sir, junior year, 2003. So 95%. So how many free throws did you miss that year? Well, 78 for 82 that year. So I missed four. <laughs> I missed two in a row as well. Oh, that's unbelievable. 95%. So, well, congratulations. That That's a... Wow, that's that's a heck of an accomplishment. And you were also Atlantic Atlantic Sun uh, second team all conference. So you're obviously a very good basketball player. So what led you? What what happened in your life that told you you wanted to coach? I wanted to play for as long as I could. I love playing. Um, I still play to this day. It's just I love the competitive part of it. I love doing it together as a team, and I love the competitive part of it. Just going into somebody else's gym and trying to get a win. There's just, you know, so many life lessons you learn from it. Um, the next best thing from playing is coaching, you know, and, and obviously watching my dad do it for over 30 years was a huge um, draw for me. Um, just seeing him connect with players, both as you know players and as people. And um, he had such a good rapport with guys, you know, kind of helped shape me. So definitely grew up with it and grew up around it, kind of learned about teams and what made them tick and definitely something I wanted to pursue as I got up into you know, closer to having to choose a, a profession. Coach Draven, at, at what level, where did your dad coach? Yeah, he coached at uh, LaPorte um, with Joe Otis for a number of years um, at LaPorte High School. Um, it's about 45 minutes away from Bethel here in northern Indiana. And then he coached for 10 years at Avon High School uh, as a varsity head girls coach. I um, got to coach my two younger sisters, Amy and Kristen. Did you play for him in high school? I, I did, yeah. He was my assistant for four years in high school. How was that, um, playing, Joe, playing for your dad? Yeah, you know, we had a great relationship. We, uh, he was good in the fact that when I didn't play well or if we didn't play well, our team got beat, you know, he would let me kind of st- you know, stay to myself. If I didn't want to talk, he didn't talk. Um, but if I wanted to talk, he was there. So we kind of had that, that common bond and uh, common understanding and, you know, we, we, we knew what each other was thinking a lot of time. You know, we'd make eye contact, you know, when I was playing. And, you know, we just kind of knew what, what each other was thinking. So he was a great proponent for me, a great advocate for me. Is that where the free throw shooting comes in, growing up a coach's kid? Big part of it. So growing up, I, I my, my dad got my sisters and I in the Knights of Columbus and Elks National Free Throw Contest. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And so it was something that, yeah, at 8, 9, 10 years old, you know, we were going to the gym at 10 o'clock at night just to get our 100 free throws in. And my mom would go a lot of times. And it's funny, a good story that year um, that I led the country my junior year, 95.1. Over the Christmas break there, my two sisters, my dad and I, went to the gym to shoot. Uh, was when my dad was at Avon High School. At the end of our shooting, we all had, we had a free throw contest. Everybody shot 10. I made nine. I missed one. And all three of them hit 10. So there's still a joke to this day that I was the best free throw shooter in the country, but fourth best in my family. <laughs> so, so that Elks free throw shooting. Now tell me, I I think I understand this. You shoot a series of free throws, and then they freeze you for like an hour or two hours or something before you go back and shoot can, again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that really prepares. Yeah, so yeah, you, you shoot ten the first round, then fifteen the second. Yeah. And how long is is it in between rounds before you get to shoot again? Uh, I guess it depends how many shooters are in it. Usually there's anywhere from six to 10 shooters. So it could be, you know, 15 minutes. So in between, yeah. I had a guy explain that to me one time. It sounded, if somebody does well there, they're they're probably going to be pretty good in a game situation. Yeah. Oh, for sure. 
So obviously you had coach, uh, teachers and mentors, the different coaches, including your father. From all that, what is your basketball philosophy? Yeah, great question. For me, it doesn't matter where I coach. It matters why I coach. Um, and that's just to impact young men. For Christ, it's to impact young men in their character, help them grow up to um, be good citizens, good husbands, good fathers. You know, I, wins and losses are obviously important. It matters. Um, it's the profession I chose. And, you know, if we don't win games, ultimately, you know, we don't have a job. Um, but I don't focus on those things. The outcome, we talk with our players a lot about that. We focus on the process um, to get the outcome. Um, focus on the intangibles. The and We have five core values that we, we have in our program. One is unity. Two is humility. Three is gratefulness. Four is mindset. Five is fearlessness. And so the unity part, just being together, um, staying positive through it, through ups and downs. Uh, the humility part of it, not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. If our situation's not good, how do we make it better for someone else? Uh, number three is just gratefulness, just having a spirit of thankfulness. You know, not, not everybody gets to play college basketball. There's a small percentage of high school players that get to play. Mm -hmm. Just trying to be thankful for what we have. And it's a privilege having a spirit of service to give back you know, what's been given to us, uh, mindset, being positive, having a positive mindset, um, and then having a growth mindset. I've talked about that a little bit and that we're trying to get better every day, every game, every practice, every lift, every team meeting, and then fearlessness. You know, God didn't give us a spirit of timidity, but one of power, love, and self-control, preparing, organizing ourselves, and then going out and just playing, just playing with freedom and joy. I don't want our guys playing with fear, with doubt, afraid to make mistakes. I want them to go for it. So those are, those are kind of the reasons why I coach, you know, not to, not to win games, not to win championships, but to impact young men and help prepare them for life after college. Coach Draven, this might just be anecdotal on my part. I had never quite heard that philosophy articulated before I began process, not the outcome. Uh, before I yeah. began speaking to coaches up in your area, that Michigan, Indiana area, I hear that often. Is that a basketball value that's prevalent in that area? I, I don't know. You know, I, I grew up in, in this area for 19 years or 18 years. I just got back here in late April. So mm -hmm. I've not been around these parts for, you know, for 20 years. Um, for me, I think it's a lot in the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm heavily involved in nation of coaches, which uh, it's a program to help coaches, you know, in their, in their, in their life, in their married lives and their, with their families, help them have perspective and balance in their lives. Um, you know, it's a Christian organization. It's a big focus on just having the right perspective. And um, that's a big one for them. You know, John Gordon, I read a lot of his books, you know, the energy bus training camp, the carpenter in his books, it talks a lot about growth mindset, focusing on the process, um, not worried about the outcome. Um, Joe Ehrman, another Another guy, he, he wrote the book, Inside Outside Coaching, Inside Out Coaching, focusing a lot on identity. Um, and so that's another good, you know, a book that I read that was uh, was very good and focused a lot on the process. So I don't, I don't know about the area, but I know kind of the, the organizations I'm a part of have, have preached that a lot. Yeah, some of that has got to be helpful. Whenever I speak to coaches, one of the last things I always tell them is don't forget about your family. Make sure you take time for the family because yeah. – I've seen in, in, in my lifetime, I've seen it, you know, cause problems in that area. And I'm sure you have too. Sure. No doubt. So you've had a lot of coaches, mentors, your philosophy. Now talk about how that translates into building a team, which you just had to do. You brought in a, a lot of young men. So how do you build a team? Yeah, good question. The first part of building a team is getting the right staff. 
that if, if you don't choose the right staff, if you don't have the right people that are aligned with you, it's, it's just not going to work. And fortunate for me, you know, Mark Polsgrove, who I've known for about 12 years, I coached with his dad, actually, at least McCray College. His dad, Scott Polsgrove, another big mentor of mine. We, we both have similar philosophies on, how, you know, coaching and impacting young men. And um, he's a young guy, very organized, a lot smarter than I am as far as technology and, and most things, quite honestly. So you want to get guys that are smarter than you. Alex Daniel, again, who has been here for six years. This is year seven. Just, you know, he's an older guy. When I say older, you know, he's not a, a young 22, 23 up and coming guys, but in his mid thirties. So he's been coaching for a while. Um, he played the game at a high level um, in, in our conference, just has a good feel for the game and good rapport with our players. And then our Will Abbott, our graduate assistant, um, just graduated here at Bethel last, last spring, um, just has a good feel for Bethel and for kind of what we want to do. So that's number one is, is building the staff that aligns with you and your values. Um, and then just trying to recruit players that will fit those, you know, core values that I talked about earlier, unity, humility, gratefulness, mindset, and fearlessness. And talent is important, obviously. We want to get the best players we can. But for me, mindset is even more important. We want guys that get the most out of their abilities, um, that will put the work in, that can handle coaching, that can handle adversity, that are good teammates, that will, you know, get up off the bench, if good things happen for their teammates, they're not me focused. They're, they're others focused, those kind of things. So, and we, we, we take our time in the recruiting process, really doing our due diligence on getting to know these recruits and their families. Cause we don't want to make a mistake in that, in that respect. We want guys obviously that fit us, but even more important than that, we want to fit those guys so that if they come here, you know, they, there's no surprises. They know Bethel, they know our culture, they know our team, they know our, you know, so, you know, there's 15 guys on our roster. Not all 15 are going to play 30 minutes a game. There's going to be five, six guys that don't play a ton. Mm -hmm. And I want those five or six guys that still love to be here, that still love their teammates, their coaches, our, our culture and the philosophy that that we have. You know, if i got to twist a guy's arm to come here, that's not going to be a good thing. At the end of the day, when things get hard, it's not going to be for them. So I want guys that want to be here. I want guys that kind of fit our style and fit our culture. And just feel like that's the best way to sustain a program as opposed to the quick fix. I know Belmont, you know, Coach Bird and Coach Alexander at Lipscomb. I learned a lot of those those things from from them. So that's kind of how, how, how we build a program here. So let's talk about this program you've built. It has proven to be a very good team. Uh, it really starts with two big scores. Uh, you already talked a little bit about Trevian Cruz and uh, Grant Galon. Uh, they're both averaging over 20 points a game. Cruz is averaging over six assists a game. They're both over six rebounds a game, and they're shooting 40% from three between them. You talk about those two guys a little bit? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Trevion Cruz, it starts with him. I knew coming in, you know, when I got the job in late April, you know, more people than I could, you know, than I could count talked about Cruz, you know, and, and what kind of player he was. And I heard from opposing coaches, coaches in our league. He's even better than I thought he was. The, the most impressive part about his game to me is that he's unselfish I want him I tell him every day I want him to play as fast as he's comfortable because 95 percent of the time he's going to make the right play so and whether that is for him taking the shot or him giving it to somebody making the right read and making the right pass and so he immediately makes others around him better so every player on our team that he plays against is or that he plays with is better because of him just his ability to pass the ball his ability to make shots and to spread the floor, open things up for others. 
he's got a calm, cool, collected demeanor about him. Doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. You know, he's obviously talented, can make shots, can he's got good athleticism, good you know, good off the bounce, really good defender, smart, anticipates well. Um, so he's he's kind of where it starts. And then Grant Galon, he was our, I think our first commit, maybe our second, I can't remember. Um, but I recruited him, you know, we recruited him when I was at Lipscomb. So got to know him a little bit through that process, him and his parents. And um, just a knockdown shooter. Guy can flat shoot the basketball. There were some practices we had this year where he just lit it up and just got in the zone and almost nothing you can do. You know, when he gets it going, you know, he's got deep range. He's got a quick release. He's got good size at 6'5". He's got a good shooter's mentality. Um, he fits our system well. We're an inside-outside oriented team, shoot a lot of threes. And he, he, he fits our style really well as far as mo- player movement, ball movement, feeding the post, and, you know, getting good shots on the perimeter. So those two guys are, you know, just great foundation, foundational pieces for our team. Well, then you have uh, Jared DeHart also. He's been nicked up a little bit, but you expect him to contribute yeah, quite a bit. For sure. So he's a sophomore. Uh, played a little bit last year, uh, but has taken a huge step this year. You know, and I, you know, he's only played about a game and a half, if that. So, you know, he's just we – had, we hadn't really seen the real Jared DeHart, but he's he's a smart player. He understands how to play, kind of like Cruz in a way, where he makes the right play, you know, a high percentage of the time. He doesn't force stuff. And so, he you know, he makes others around him better. He can shoot it. You know, he fits our style really well. Um, smart player, de- you know, defensive-minded player, understands de- defensive positioning and those kind of things. So he's, you know, disappointed we don't have him right now, but he's got that ankle injury. Definitely, we're not as good without him, um, but it's been good to get other guys some time, and when he come, comes back, it'll just make us stronger, hopefully. And then I want to ask you about a freshman, Max Newman. You've gotten good production out of him. Uh, yeah. Is he a true freshman, or did he redshirt? Uh, true freshman. Wow. Just talk about him. He's 6'8". I'll give him a hard time. I think he's six six and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's averaging so, over nine points a game. Yeah. He, he's uh, – you know, gosh, I don't think he's playing – 16 or 18 minutes a game probably is what he's playing so he's yeah about he's 14 good production with 14 okay yeah he's got good production for the the minutes he's played um one thing that he needs to get better and he will play more minutes and he should play more minutes we just we've had a tough time keeping him out of foul trouble that's something that he needs to get better with just positioning being in a stance being ready so that he doesn't foul you know with another post player or with you know guards driving it so but he's got a good scoring ability good skill set Good feet, active feet, very, very mobile. Scores it well around the rim. He even has some outside capabilities as well. He can shoot the three a little bit. I think he's two for three from three on the year. And uh, <clears throat> he's definitely an exciting young piece that he's only going to get better and better. So you have several other new players. Who else do you expect contributions from this year? Yeah, Dylan Sheehy, a transfer from VCU, has given us some good minutes defensively and taking care of the ball. Keontae Jenkins, a transfer senior. Um, has given us some really good minutes off the bench. Good athlete, good effort player. Um, Life Granville has given us some really good uh, effort minutes. A guy that plays really hard, that very good offensive rebounder, can defend, smart, just kind of brings a, a great energy off the bench. Um, Philip Shagota, a guy from Serbia, a true freshman that comes off the bench, is a is our best post defender and post helper. Um, a guy that's really good defensively. Nick Pluta, we talked about our starting five man. He's given us some really good minutes. And he's only a, he's only a sophomore. And he's only a sophomore, yes, sir. So we got some good pieces, guys that we can bring off the bench, and 
and we feel like we've got some good depth more than I thought we were going to have and so we're excited only getting better. I have a pretty good cast there. I think everybody in the country would agree. You've, you've got off to a great start. You've got a, a tough trip down to uh, Arkansas. College of Ozarks just had a big win. Uh, and then yeah. in just less than two weeks, you start that tough conference play. Yep. Easy couple games to kick it off. You just have uh-huh. St. Francis and Spring Arbor. Yeah. So what are yeah. going to be the keys for you in, uh, to compete there in that crossroads? Yeah, um, We've got to we've got to bring it every night. You know, if we don't have the effort and the, and the toughness, I heard John Calipari last, or uh, Seth Greenberg actually, was doing the analyzing the Kentucky Evansville game, and he mentioned 90% of the time teams that work hard and have a toughness about them uh, are going to win those games. And so we have to have those two. You know, we have to bring a level of energy and a level of effort and a level of toughness to all those games because nothing's going to come easy. We've got to be on our A game, and we've got to bring it every night, every possession. You know, we have not played a 40-minute game yet where we've we've had those things, the, the level of effort and focus for 40 minutes. So if we don't have that come conference time, we, you know, we're not going to be successful. Something that hopefully we can get it figured out here soon and be more ready to go. So that's definitely what we've got to do. I know our league is so good. And the coaching is, is just phenomenal. We've had a lot of coaches that have, you know, been, been in the league for, for some time and, you know, that have, you know, systems that, that work and they, and they have cultures, you know, guys that don't, that understand how to play and um, work well together as a team. I mean, Spring Arbor last year was picked, I think seventh preseason, you know, and they got on that run and just a group of guys that played well together mm-hmm. and did it for the right reasons and um, didn't care who got the credit. And uh, obviously from a great coach and coach Cunningham. So the reason why I was drawn to Bethel was this league, you know, you want to compete against the best because um, that's what makes you better. So I'm excited to, to get it going. The Crossroads League is always tough. It's going to be tough top to bottom. You know, Indiana Wesleyan just had a big win down at IU East. That was a big road yeah. win for them. Yeah. They've knocked off three top 20 teams. Spring Arbor, of course, the defending national champion. And then you got a team over there in Ohio knocking at your door too. So uh, yeah. Mount Vernon's part of that picture. So uh, yeah. it, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, I think you're going to compete well. Uh, we wish you luck during the year. Coach, I really appreciate you have, having you on the show. Absolutely. Glad to do it. Glad to be on, and I, I appreciate the opportunity. Well, hopefully uh, as the season, as the co- Crossroads League gets underway, you, I, we can get you back on for a few minutes to talk about how your team's doing. Absolutely. We'd love that. Okay. Thank you very much, Coach Draven. That's uh, Coach, it, Bill. Coach Steve Draven, Bethel University Pilots. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day.